I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here along this evening with Manny Hill. And, you know, I was really struggling, Manny, just before we uh, turned the old uh, live machine on here on YouTube to come up with a headline for the show. Because normally what we try to do, this is uh, no secret, is come up with something that will show up in Google searches. So we can get as many viewers as possible and so forth. And I'm sitting here thinking like, what, what is it? You know, I know what we're going to talk about. I know what I want to discuss with you and everything else, but how do I phrase this? How do I use some keywords? got to get Vikings in there. Josh Dobbs should probably be in there because we're going to talk about him and, you know, the likelihood of the Vikings going with him and, and so forth. And then right before the show, you and I are talking about the Heisman. And it was probably the most excited either one of us has sounded talking about anything related to the Vikings, even tangentially, because of course, you know, Jalen Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, all quarterbacks that could be in the mix for the Vikings. And I thought instead of the headline being, does Josh Dobbs give the Vikings the best chance to playoffs, which I'm not sure is going to draw great viewership this evening. Should I change it? Should I change it to who wants to talk about the 2024 quarterback class right now? I feel like I should change it to that, and that's what we should talk about instead. I I would be all for that because I think this is this is a pretty good class. This is a pretty strong class with the with the two guys at the top, obviously with uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May, and then you know Jaden Daniels from LSU is just a monster. The the numbers are outrageous. The athleticism you see, the the arm talent that he has. Um, He's been fantastic, and he's likely going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'd be surprised if he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy, to be totally honest. Um, and they should probably even tell, like, Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix to, like, not even show up to New York. Just <laughs> just make it like a one-hour, you know, <laughs> Jaden Daniels appreciation uh, thing and then just hand him the Heisman Trophy because I can't imagine anybody else is going to win it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's an exciting class. I mean, and, and I think, you know, if you're – a team like the Vikings where you're possibly going to be in a position to take one of these guys I think it's really going to make things really compelling um, this offseason no matter what happens I think going forward here uh, as we finish out the season with Josh Dobbs 
I changed it. I changed it to should Vikings fans be thinking about Josh Dobbs or the 2024 QB class? <laughs> uh, maybe I should change it to Dobbs versus Mullins, but um, or the QB competition. How about that? The QB competition now or controversy. Now we don't have a controversy. It's really just a competition, but it is a good question because it looks like uh, at least there was a report. I think today from someone, Diane, Rossini, maybe that it looks like Josh Dobbs is going to be the quarterback for the Vikings. I, I think we kind of have figured this anyway. It would be um, someone put it to me like a white flag to put in Nick Mullins. And I agree with that. I, I think that if you're putting in Nick Mullins, it just means that you want to try to limit any of the mistakes, but don't have any real high end of that. And the best you're hoping to do is just kind of not look bad. Uh, but you'll probably end up looking bad anyway, because that's what's happened when Nick Mullins has started in the past. And then Jaron Hall, I just think is not ready to take on game after game after game of starting. So it's, it's just Josh Dobbs or bust. And I think that they could still make the playoffs with Josh Dobbs because the first three games were good enough to be able to make the playoffs. And then the one game is, is pretty terrible, but if that's how it goes, where you're like, okay, well, one, he's going to be good. And one or two, he's going to be like, bleh, and you got to win at the end or something. And then another one, he's just going to be horrendous. Well, there's only five games left. So if there's some distribution of that that gets you to three wins, you could probably make the playoffs. But something has happened here since the Chicago game where even talking about the playoffs and then last night having the Packers win, yeah. I, I don't think that it's no that nobody believes that you can make the playoffs it's more of, oh, well, okay, maybe playoffs, I guess. That, that when you see the low end of what it can look like with Dobbs, and then you say, okay, well, in order to win the Super Bowl, you would have to win four straight games with that guy in the playoffs. And, and oh, by the way, did you see San Francisco at Philadelphia? <laughs> and the, the Packers look like a better team than the Vikings. We'll talk about the current playoff matchup and what it looks like right now. So there's sort of this sense of just, I don't know how they could possibly go anywhere, even if they make the postseason. So meh. And I don't blame anybody for feeling that way. Is there, is there anything that would change your mind on that? Assuming you agree with what I just said, Manny, is there anything that happens in the next week, in the next two weeks, whatever, if Josh Dobbs ends up starting, that would change that feeling for you that this probably can't go anywhere. Not really. I mean, I, I guess if if Dobbs comes out on Sunday against the Raiders and just throws for like 350 and four touchdowns and maybe like runs for like another 80 yards and just looks fantastic and the Vikings blow the doors off of the Raiders – then maybe that might change my mind because then then you're thinking, okay, the Denver game, he played well enough to win. They just had a couple of things not go their way. And then maybe you 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 chalk the the Bears loss up to just a bad, a miserable night for the offense altogether. Um, but I think, you know, to really have a belief that this is could be sort of some sort of a magic carpet ride, so to speak, with this team in the postseason. Oh, did, Manny, did you freeze? Manny, come back alive. He froze in such a bad pose, too. That's not what you, you hope for. You got oh, me? Wait. Yeah. Are you back? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, the, if, it was if, 
it it just was such an unpleasant face that you were making when you froze. So that's <laughs> that that was the worst part. Okay, go ahead though. You're good. You're good. Um, but I think if they go into into Vegas and take care of business against a bad team that had fired their coach a month ago, you know, then then you could probably feel pretty good about it. But if it goes the way I think it might go, which hey, they might they probably still win, but it's gonna be close another one of those one one possession games where they win you know like 24 to 20 or something like that and dodge dodge plays okay um that's not really going to change much for me as far as like this team is not i'm not going to view this team as maybe going anywhere uh going forward but this league surprises you man we see weird things happen all the time i mean i didn't think the packers had a shot to beat kansas city yesterday but they did they took care of business against uh, a team that is, you know, trying to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. So we've seen crazy things happen in this league, uh, but I would need to see something really, really uh, improve from the Vikings' offense on Sunday to have a th- to have a thought that maybe this was going to go a little further than I initially thought. So I do think that that's very possible. I mean, you're going to a place that's going to be a home game, almost guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, you're asking Minnesotans in December to go to Vegas. That's not a very hard sell. I've gotten a lot of messages, by the way. I'm going to be at Circa from Friday and Saturday. So, you know, people who want to say hello, uh, you know, we can try to figure that out. And there's the party at Circa uh, Friday night. So I'll talk a little more about that when it's ad read time later in the show. But uh, that's exciting for a lot of fans just to go out there, make that, you know, a, a purple game for them. The Raiders have a very mediocre passing defense. They have one really great pass rusher, but the Vikings do a tremendous job in their offensive line of taking away teams that have one great pass rusher like they did against Nick Bosa and have done throughout the season. So is Max Crosby going to ruin the whole game? Like probably not. Uh, and that might be famous last words. And they they just they don't have much for offense either. And then you're watching Cincinnati tonight, and Jake Browning is just throwing screen pass after screen pass because why would anyone trust him to do anything else? It's Jake Browning, and that's where I, I have tried over the last week plus to not overreact to that Bears game. But how can you not when it looks that bad? And when there were some things that I thought coaching wise that were not done well for Josh Dobbs and to help him. But I did have this thought coming out of the bye week, Kevin O'Connell would have a chance to take a deep breath and go back and actually really look closely at what they have done with Josh Dobbs and what's worked and what hasn't worked, what he can handle, what he can throw with rhythm and timing, where the areas of the field that he can attack. And Oh, by the way, they're getting Justin Jefferson back. So there is a part of me that wants to be like, buck up soldiers. Come on. Like they're getting Jefferson back these next two weeks. They should be able to win. And then you're talking about division games for the playoffs and come on, everybody. Come on. But then, you know, we start talking about Jalen Daniels and I'm like, dude, did you see that game? Like, you know, just have you seen this man? And then, I mean, even with Penix and, and Bo Nix. So uh, let's see. Uh, Dustin asked, uh, what's the highest I've seen Jaden Daniels mocked? You don't want to know because it's too high for you. Um, that's the problem is I have seen Jaden Daniels mocked all the way up in the top five already. 
that should not come as a shocker because of how many uh, quarterbacks that look like him have succeeded in recent years, including Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. He's got to be the fastest quarterback since Lamar Jackson, but even Kyler Murray. And, you know, people are down on Kyler Murray. He's he look, he's winning some games in Arizona and he's looking pretty confident without <clears throat> Cliff Kingsbury there. Uh, so this mm. is, uh, I think, now a quarterback that the NFL picks high when 15 years ago they might have asked him to switch to cornerback. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I was saying to you that we make fun of these bad quarterback comparisons, but this is what Steve McNair looks like if power five would have let him play quarterback at LSU. And I don't, I don't think they're just going to miss this. So, you know, we start talking about that and then it get then I get more excited about like talking about what they could do at quarterback in the future and trading up and so forth. So there's there, I'm just like conflicted about that because I don't have a whole lot of belief like anybody else does that they could go somewhere. Uh, but it would, if you tried to make the argument to me that, Kevin O'Connell is going to look at what Dobbs did and he's going to work his offense more tailored to what Dobbs does well. And they play two teams that have backup quarterbacks that are not even like good backup quarterbacks the next two weeks. And if you go into those final three weeks at eight and six, is there, is there anything more you could have asked for out of this situation? So that that's why it all hinges on this. Like, I don't want to let Chicago ruin the whole season because there's more to go. Uh, and I want to give the opportunity and leave the door open for Kevin O'Connell to really show us something again after, you know, already kind of doing that when Dobbs first got here, but like work your magic, my man, because that's, what's going to have to happen. I, I think the the tone will be very different with the, the fan base. If they win these next two games. Yeah, I, I agree. And especially if they look really good winning the game, like I said, you know, even if you don't blow out the Raiders, if you can just find a way to take control of the game early and we watch the entire game and never at any point does it look like the Raiders are going to have a chance to win, I think people will feel pretty good about that and then say like, okay, now you're seven and six, you won that game, now you're taking on Cincinnati and they're playing a backup and you find a way to win that, you get to eight and six, and now you're you're taking on the Detroit Lions at home um a division division rival a team that's in control of the division right now then you're 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 amped up for that because then if you win that game now you're nine and six with two games to go and then you've got the packers coming into town and then all the 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 excitement juices among the fan base i think is really uh they're really flowing at that point so sunday is huge you know it it's i i heard you say it the other day um, or yesterday uh, when you went on that if they lose this game on Sunday, it's a wrap. Like it's done. There's, there's no more talking about, you know, what they're going to do and oh how they're going to win these games coming up after that and trying to still get into the playoffs. It's a wrap. So it's, it's crazy to think, you know, a month after, you know, Kirk Cousins goes down that we'd be in this position of like, Hey, this game against the Raiders, at this point is the biggest game of the season because it's going to kind of determine really what direction uh, it's kind of the fork in the road. It's going to decide what direction they go in the rest of the, the rest of the way. Uh, Jason says, no way Mullen should be playing uh, in camp this year. He was always throwing behind players. No way he should play. Uh, I mean, 
no disagreement from me. Not only has Nick Mullins not played well outside of a couple of games in his career when he's had a chance to play, but also he's been out with a back injury. And I don't even know if he's like fully participating in practice. This seems to me that the the whole thing, and maybe we'll get an announcement this week. I guess we'll see. But the whole thing seems more like, and I don't blame him for this, that Kevin O'Connell was really mad about losing to the Bears. Because when you start to go down the logical process of deciding who's going to play quarterback here, you just can't talk yourself into any scenario where it's better if Nick Mullins was playing than Josh Dobbs, because we've seen the high end of Dobbs and it's, it's pretty good, um, you know, against new Orleans, I would say it was really good uh, in that game. And then you're playing teams that you know, new Orleans is a disaster on offense, but their defense is okay. And uh, it's better than what the Raiders have. And Cincinnati's defense isn't even that good this year. So you could certainly see it. But where I keep swinging back and forth is, wait, are we going to do this thing again where they win the next two games against these backup quarterbacks? And then you go into those final three games going, oh, okay, just win like two out of these last three games and we're good. And then no, reality ends up biting again. I don't think that it has to though, because what I've always thought about the division games is you expect to split them most of the time. And if you do better than that, then you should be really happy. But no matter how bad the bears have been, it seems like they always split them, including this year. Uh, And that goes for the Packers. The Packers have been great. Some years, not as good. Some years Vikings way up, way down, whatever, but you're, you're oftentimes splitting. Even when Detroit had no wins, they found a way to split uh, that, that one, you know, uh, in 2021 with the Vikings. So that could also apply to facing Detroit again this year. And we don't know what it's going to be like for Detroit in week 18. And I I am not uh, trying to get everyone's hopes up here because I have also uh, been beating the drum of like the reality of backup quarterbacks, but Detroit might not be playing for anything in week 18. So can you survive and make this still exciting And should we talk about that or should we just focus on the draft because this whole thing is over? And uh, I thought Hunter uh, said it well here in the comments. I don't know what I'm rooting for. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's right. Uh, Says, I guess I'm just rooting for the front office to be convinced that they should move on from Kirk and start a new era. And that is such a, I I think, dynamic to this that interests me is I, I want your opinion too, Manny. What like, what do these five games influence something or not when it comes to that quarterback decision? Because in the way we talk about it, it certainly will. If Josh Dobbs goes five and oh in these last five games, well, welcome to the 2024 starting quarterback, Josh Dobbs with his backup. That's still a draft pick, but you know, maybe they draft uh, someone in the second round instead, or maybe, you know, whatever, like, or they could be thinking it doesn't matter if Josh Dobbs goes five and oh, we're bringing back Kirk anyway, or they could be riding this roller coaster too. I, I I have no idea if these last five games matter. Yeah, because if if let's say let's let's take that scenario for a second. Let's say they run the table the rest of the way for some miraculous reason, and they finish eleven and six, and they're you know the the let's say they're the six or the five seed or something. Because maybe well, actually, if they run the table, that means they beat Detroit twice. Would they, if they if they were on the table, would they have won the division? 
I I don't think so because I think Detroit's still gonna stay ahead of them. But if they sure. beat them twice, then because now right right now they are still three games back of Detroit. Um, right. and, and let's assume in order to go five and zero, oh, Detroit would probably have to be resting starters in the last game. Uh, sure. Maybe maybe you just make the scenario four and one. Like four and one sure. is probably the best possible situation that they could get. But would that make them be like, oh, actually, Josh Dobbs? can work for us if we tailor our right. offense more to him. Right? Like that's kind of the question. Or if Josh Dobbs uh, goes four and one, he's going to need the hand of God to guide the football through those games. And they're right. going to know that, right? Because Case Keenum, they moved on from Case Keenum because they knew that he was a backup. Like would they do the same kind of thing? My question too is let's, let's take that scenario. They go four and one the rest of the way They finish 10 and seven, make the playoffs with Josh Dobbs. Are they convinced that Dobbs is a guy that can start for them in 2024? Or are they trying to convince themselves, hey, if we did this with Josh Dobbs, what would happen if we brought Kirk back next year? You know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I I don't, I don't, it's and it's hard to tell like what they would actually think. You know where I you know where I stand. I think we're both kind of on the same page of what they need to do, almost regardless of how this season finishes out but yeah it's it's just it's just hard to tell we know that kevin o'connell likes kirk cousins um it's just gonna i don't know it's it's hard to read like what they're actually thinking and it's almost a thought of like you do kind of want things to kind of tailspin down the stretch because then it kind of puts them in that mode of all right let's turn the page and just start over but then again, if that happens, are they thinking, well, it, things kind of fell apart because we didn't have Kirk late in the season. So let's bring him back so that we can, you know, I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell like what what they're going to be thinking. And it, it can go, I think, a, a variety of different directions. Oh, man, he froze with a slightly better face uh, this time. Um, so th- this is a funny uh, road to go down. And hopefully Manny unfreezes here in a second. It's a funny uh, road to go down because if we think about a scenario, like what would the scenario have to be the most likely scenario for Kirk not to be the quarterback, but they also are like happy with how they play and how it turns out. And that is not easy to figure it out. So while Manny unfreezes himself, let me read a couple comments here. Uh, Matthew says, uh, what would have been the plan if Mullins wasn't injured at the time? that cousins got hurt. I'm going to remove Manny's uh, face there for a second. Now that doesn't work very well. Does it hold on? Everybody be patient. I'll fix this. Okay. Come on now. Why is there a line down my face? That's not how this is supposed to go. There we go. Okay. There we go. We'll get Manny back in a second. Uh, Matthew says, uh, what would have been the plan if Mullins wasn't injured at the time that cousins got hurt? Uh, would they still have gotten Dobbs? I don't think so. I think they probably would have tried to go with Nick Mullins for the rest of the season, but maybe, I mean, because Dobbs only cost a, a pick swap at the end of the draft in the sixth and seventh round. So if he was available either way, even with Nick Mullins, they wouldn't have necessarily wanted to trust Hall or Sean Mannion to be the quarterback. So I think that probably would have played into it. And now Manny has returned. Hi, Manny. Much better face uh, you froze with this time. Uh, 
what what it, um, uh, Matthew has asked asked the question about what the Vikings would have done. Would they have um, gone with Nick Mullins? I think they probably would have just Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall down the stretch. But Josh Dobbs costs so little that I think he would have probably uh, still potentially been an option for them. And there's really no reason not to get him at that point. Um, as far as what we should be talking about, Bradley chimes in to say the 2024 draft class, which I don't blame you. I, Cause I, one of the things that I battle with for myself, Manny is, um, is the idea that like, it, I still want the season to carry on because yeah. I like the season. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like being in the season. I like, going to the games and covering them and having them matter and playoffs and all those things. So I want them to be down the stretch into the playoffs because it's just a lot more fun that way to be talking about scenarios and who they could play and things going right uh, for them. And, uh, you know, will it fall this way? Will it fall that way? Who are they going to play? Where are we going to travel to? What are the key factors to winning this playoff game? And then uh, there is the, the obvious part that if they end up higher in the draft, that the chances they could get someone like Jalen Daniels are just simply higher. And it's hard to argue against that because it's there has been no real argument made for them that they could beat a playoff team. The gap between the top three teams in the NFC and then you put Detroit still in the middle there, but the top three is between them and the Vikings is so vast that there's just no way to talk about it as if you could go to San Francisco and beat that team with Josh Dobbs. So that that's the the back and forth that I'm constantly having with myself. Yeah, it's hard because you you want this and and listen i've everybody knows i'm a tennessee vols fan so like i have kind of a bias towards josh dobbs i want to see him perform well i love that he's been able to be in the league this long and he's bounced around quite a bit but i think he's done enough to at least earn himself a nice sort of a a solid journeyman type of career where he's in the league for a long time probably gonna play for like 10 11 teams but you know I, i like that he's having some form of moderate success as a professional football player. Uh, so I want to see him play well and and see what this team can do, um, especially with Justin Jefferson coming back. But it's I, I also recognize, you know, where this team could potentially go if they put themselves in a position to draft a quarterback, one of these quarterbacks in the first round next spring, and all of the possibilities with, the weapons that they have, all of them are healthy. You've got a really good foundation on your offensive line now. You've got a, a defensive coordinator. Don't know how much longer he's going to be the defensive coordinator if he keeps doing as good a job as he's been doing this year. Um, but you've got you've got a, a really nice setup for a young quarterback to step in and have a lot of success. And then who knows going forward after that. So every game that they win the rest of this season – is just going to make it that much more challenging to get that guy, to get a Jaden McDaniels, to, or Jaden McDaniels, I'm thinking Timberwolves right now, Jaden Daniels, um, or, you know, I don't know, I don't know where Bo Nix is going to fall or, or something like that. J.J. McCarthy, I'm kind of on the fence about, but like the further down you are in the first round, the harder it's going to be to get like the guy that you might actually want. Um and then, you know, if you do want to get that guy, you're going to have to pay a hefty price to trade up, you know, maybe in the top 10 or something like that 
to get one of those guys. And that's going to cost you draft capital that you might wish you had later on down the line. So it's hard, man. It's, it's tough. I mean, I, I think ultimately I, I just want to see them, you know, big picture wise, go into another direction with the quarterback position and just get everything um, set in stone offensively, especially uh, under this head coach and GM. Folks, is there any better way to spend the holidays than attending sports? Knowing you guys, I'm guessing the answer is no. Well, there is a way to get to all of the events that you want to get to during the holiday season with affordable tickets. My friends, you are going to want to check out the Game Time app. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets to everything sports and also much, much more shows, concerts, all on game time. One of the cool parts about game time is that they have flash deals on last minute tickets and a low price guarantee, which means if you find something lower in the section or row, they will credit you 110%. You also get images of your seat location, which I love because those maps can be a little confusing. Buy tickets in seconds, have them arrive right to your phone it's great. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code INSIDER for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code INSIDER for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can uh, really take yourself in circles so many times. And I feel like I need another football game to talk about because I'll just spend the yeah. rest of the week doing exactly this, um, which is if Josh Dobbs fails entirely over the next couple of weeks and the game plans are bad. And, and you know, because I think that Dobbs is talented enough that if the situation is right, he will win. Um, if you know they can get Justin Jefferson the ball, or I mean, maybe he doesn't win, but at least plays decently, right? And 
if he's asked to do too much, if the game plan requires what it would have required against Chicago and his receivers let him down at times, by the way, then you're just going to lose. But I think that a lot of that frustration about Kevin O'Connell was that it looked like a Kirk Cousins game plan for Josh Dobbs. And that just doesn't make a lot of sense. So if they have really good game plans for Josh Dobbs down the stretch, then we're going to say, well, Kevin O'Connell can game plan for any quarterback so he can draft somebody and then mold what he's doing to that quarterback. If they fail to put in good enough game plans for Dobbs and he struggles and they lose these games, then you're going to say, well, this does help them draft a quarterback, but are they going to be able to like work around this? Josh Dobbs is just good enough to say that. I mean, because if it was Tim Boyle or Jake Browning, you'd be like, I don't know. Bill Walsh could come back from the dead and this guy's not doing anything. (laughs) But I don't think that's the case with Josh Dobbs. And that's where the conflict comes in. Well, Bradley just wants to straight up talk about the 2024 draft class, which I am all for. Uh, Says out of uh, Jalen Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, rank, uh, in your opinions, options for the Vikings who they would potentially select Hard to say about what they're thinking uh, about all these different quarterbacks, because one thing that we know is that we don't know. Everyone thought that Will Levis was going to be top five or Malik Willis was going to be taken high and it just didn't happen. I think with Daniels is he is so talented that you draft him and figure out the rest. But where it gets very interesting is those other guys, because they all scream second round pick to me. Penix is very slow. Uh, Bo Nix is a good athlete and was throwing to the most wide open receivers in the entire world until he faced decent defense. And then it was a problem. I think JJ McCarthy's is not even, I think he's like a third round pick personally. I, I think he's like Desmond Ritter or something. I just don't see it. I don't see the physical skill. And I know Iowa's got a good defense, but he averaged five yards a pass against Iowa. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't see much there that says NFL starter to me. Um, but how, how, how are you feeling about, uh, those quarterbacks and how they might fit? Yeah. I mean, Jaden Daniels, I think is just fantastic. And I think he's been so good that, you know, somebody's, I think somebody's gonna end up taking him in the top five. You're, you're going to see Caleb Williams, Drake may, and you might see Jaden Daniels get picked in that top five as well. And a lot of that kind of t- depends on, you know, who's picking in that top five. Um, but we see teams trade up all the time to try and get the guy that they want. Um, but I think he's going to be probably in a position that might be out of reach for the Vikings, unless they, unless Quasey just says, you know what? We want that guy. We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to give up whatever it takes to move up in position to take him. Um, I like Michael Penix. I just worry about the mobility. He, you know, when he was at Indiana, he actually could run around, quite a bit. Um, and then he just had the two, the two ACLs that really kind of changed everything for him. And he's, he's good in the pocket. He's got a really good arm. He's accurate. He throws with anticipation. Um, but I just wonder about that mobility. If, you know, he, if he's going to be able to, when plays break down, can he find ways to extend and make things happen? Um, if something doesn't go well, uh, Bo Nix, I like the athleticism. He's also a little bit, older i think he's like 23 already uh because he was at auburn for like 20 years it felt like (laughs) but but you know he was he was really good he was really good for oregon this year he is a good athlete he can run uh quite a bit uh so he'll he'll be kind of intriguing 
I don't JJ McCarthy's so hard to read because that team around him is so good. And there were a lot of times where they would get up, Michigan would get up by four touchdowns in the second quarter. And then it's just like, he doesn't have to do anything the rest of the way. So you, it's hard to really know like how good he actually is. Now he played fairly well against Ohio state, which I think was a legitimate challenge for him. Um, But just overall, I don't know if I've seen enough of him to even like know if he'll be good or not because he just seems like a product of the team around him and he was he hasn't really been asked to do a whole lot because except for the Ohio State game Michigan's been obliterating everybody all season long so like I watched I watched them against the Gophers and like he didn't do anything in that game he didn't have to they won 52 to 10 uh because they're just so loaded and so talented so I I Jaden Daniels is the one for me that I think is just going to be with the overall skill set. I think he's going to be fantastic. And, you know, maybe, you know, Penix and, and uh, Knicks are two guys that if you get them in the right situation, they can have some success and maybe they'll never be great. But you could see like I could see a guy like Bo Nix being a really good starting quarterback for, you know, seven or eight years if he's in the right situation with good weapons around him and having a um, mild success, but it'll, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting, man. I think if it, whoever it is, if they can, you know, get them into this infrastructure, I think they'll have, have, uh, have a lot of success. Uh, Enigma one says, I'm aware of the injury history, but looking at the structure of the Huskies offense, Penix jr. Is perfect for KOC's scheme. It's all about ball placement. He's incredibly accurate with executing that. And you brought up the word that I think of too, Manny with him, which is anticipation and everything in the NFL is about throwing with anticipation. You have to release the ball before guys come out of breaks. There's not a ton of quarterbacks who are good at it, which is why there's not a ton of good quarterbacks in the NFL. But when you watch the tape, I'll give you a good example of someone who's great at it. Dak Prescott is great at it. When you watch Dak Prescott tape, you will see a receiver who is not looking anywhere near Dak Prescott and the throw is coming out of his hands and you're just going like where on tape, you're not even sure where the receiver's headed next. And then you see it come together and Kirk got better at this as his career went along. If there's one thing that I think Kirk under KOC did better. It was learning to trust anticipation throws. So a guy may be headed screaming down the field and you're releasing it to an 11 yard hitch. And you just got to believe that that receiver slamming on the brakes and hitting where you're going to be. Penix already does that like a pro, but you mentioned, I mean, the mobility, maybe O'Connell doesn't care as much about that mobility. I mean, he wins the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, who at that point in his career was not that mobile, was kind of sitting in the pocket. Now, Stafford at his best, uh, or at least his best physical shape earlier in his career, was making plays all over the place. He was mobile. He was shaking off defenders. But the Rams version of him stayed in the pocket a lot, and they had a great pass protection situation, which the Vikings have at this moment. Was strange enough to say, but they actually do have a good pass protection situation. And so with Penix, rookie quarterback contract, mature leader, which I think really stands out and I think is required if he's going to yep. be dropped right into a team. There is a lot to like there. I, I, I think that you probably want a little bit more on the playmaking side, but uh, maybe beggars can't be choosers if you're talking about drafting like 20th or something. 
Um, what about Bob says, I'm afraid Kirk will be the quarterback from 24 to 27 surviving another full regime change. He's like a fungus. I know I get emails about this almost every day about like people thinking that Kirk is coming back and, and so forth and uh, being afraid of that outcome. Um, this is another good question. A guy we haven't talked about and we'll get back to the Kirk thing. Uh, where does Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers get drafted? Is he a late first or second rounder? So I like Ewers a lot. Uh, I, but I don't know where the NFL is going to stand on him. Are they going to look at him like a Will Levis where it's like arm strength, but nothing else? He, I think he's come quite a long way actually within uh, the last year from the first time I saw him where it was just all arm and I didn't see him really playing quarterback. He might be one that does go in the first round. If he plays well in this college football championship, then I think there's a really good chance at that. But how rational is it for the people to be afraid that Kirk Cousins will be your quarterback from 2024 to 2027? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. I don't think it, for, for all of the, the praising that KOC has done with Kirk Cousins, you know, especially like after he got injured, I don't see a scenario where it a I don't see a scenario in which it makes sense to bring him back. B I don't see a scenario where he realistically comes back unless he takes a significant pay cut. And I just don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to look around at what some of these other quarterbacks are making, even though he's coming off of a pretty serious injury. I don't think Kirk is going to look around at what Daniel Jones is making, what Derek Carr is making and say that, yeah, I'll take less than what those guys are making. Like, I just don't, I don't see it. He's never been a guy to do that. You know what I mean? So I don't, and if if it's going to take a 35 to $40 million a year contract to bring Kirk Cousins back, even if it's just like a two or three year deal, I just don't see how that makes sense for where this team, with where this team is at, with having to re-sign Jefferson, having to re-sign, uh, Christian Derrissaw, you know, are, are they going to bring Daniel Hunter back like that? If that happens, that's going to cost a pretty significant chunk of change as well. I mean, there's only so much money to go around and I know the cap is, can be manipulated and move money can be moved around and everything, but the Vikings have been doing that for the last five, six years with Kirk cousins and look at where it's gotten them. So to me, it just doesn't make sense to go down that route again, to continue to try and because like, what do you ultimately, unless you think you can go to the Super Bowl next year and win the whole damn thing, it just doesn't make any sense to me to bring Kirk Cousins back with where this team is at. And this is an opportunity for them. I know we, I just got through saying like, it'd be really hard to trade up and get a guy like Jaden Daniels in the draft, but this is a pretty deep quarterback class coming out. And you're going to have an opportunity to get somebody, I would think. So take that opportunity, take a swing. If you don't want to move up, you know, maybe you take a guy that can fall to you in the second round or something like that and just see if maybe he can turn into like a like a Jalen Hurts type of situation. You bring in a veteran, um, a solid veteran to to start in front of him right away, and then you see what happens after that. But I, I just – I, I just don't see a scenario where it makes sense to bring Kirk Cousins at this point. And I think something tells me the Vikings really recognize that behind the scenes and that they're going to go in the, go in the right direction. 
I wonder how much the defense factors into this in they probably believed that they were two years away from having a good defense, but they have a good defense now. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean, and this is where the reason you hire Quasi Dafomensa is that he doesn't just blow whatever way the wind is going and react to whatever he just saw and tries to factor in lots of different elements like the fact that they've faced during this stretch where they've been much better on defense, a lot of incompetent quarterbacks, or at least at the time they faced Jordan love. He was not very good. And that Brian Flores has reached into his bag and pulled out every magic trick in the book, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be able to do it again for next year and the future. Like you're going to have to have talent that's going to drive you to be a really truly great defense as opposed to a defense that's squeezing every ounce uh, of blood out of the stone, which is what they're currently doing. An incredible coaching job, but I don't look at the roster on defense and go, Oh baby, Super Bowl. I look at it more as, wow, they've done a really good job getting a lot of players here and getting a most out of those players, but they don't have Micah Parsons. They don't have sauce Gardner. They don't have like, they are, other than Daniil Hunter being being you know as great as he is, but they don't have this like loaded defense. It's more of uh, they've just sort of found a way to scheme. But if you're gonna ride your defense, which you have to also do if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, even years where he had an elite defense, they weren't able to go deep into the playoffs. And right. so I expect though that Quasi Adafalmenta understands that that it, it, you might lose Hunter anyway, by the way. We talk about bringing him back as if it's the Vikings' decision alone. Um, it also might be Daniil Hunter's decision. They've messed around with his contract a lot. He may uh, want to just you know, say, I'm going to go where I'm wanted, or another team might say, we really, really, really want you. Here is an insane amount of money that the Vikings can't match anyway. Uh, all those uh, elements factor in, but... I wouldn't just look at the, the way the defense has gone this year and guarantee they're a top five defense next year. That's my point. And so if, a, if we feel like more work has to be done there in order to get to that level, how would you do that work if you are paying Kirk Cousins what you're going to have to pay him? And if you didn't want to give him a three-year extension last year, why would you want to give him a two-year extension next year? It's the right. same years, only with an Achilles mixed in, right? So... This is where I, I keep coming around to. I understand the fear, but I can't really convince myself of it. Uh, after the Bears game, though, and the way Kevin O'Connell talked, I was thinking uh, they're going back to Kirk, aren't they? So <laughs> so I, I really don't know because if I'm sure that people will listen to shows from the other day and go like, hey, didn't you say it feels like Kirk's coming back? I probably did because it did. But when we really break it down, like, you know, by the X's and O's, it's a little harder to make that work with the salary cap and everything else. Um, but I mean, that's where I don't know if these final five games make a difference for that or not, or I think it might come down to who do they believe they could get in the draft? How would that fit with Kevin O'Connell? And what are your other options? I mean, Gardner Minshew's winning some games right now. Like are there are a lot of quarterbacks and I'm not saying as good as Kirk cousins, but like the gap, I've always thought of it this way. The gap between Cousins and Gardner Minshew is there. And, and between Josh Dobbs, of course, is probably even more so. But Min Minshew is the ultimate fringe starter to me. It, okay, it's a gap for sure. But the gap between him and Patrick Mahomes is larger than it is between him and Gardner Minshew. So can you have someone else be that 
bridge quarterback while you have a rookie? Or does it just make sense to throw a rookie into the mix and see if he can C.J. Stroud that thing? It, it shouldn't be forgotten that C.J. Stroud's roster and offensive mind came from a similar coaching tree as Kevin O'Connell, and the roster has developed some receivers all of a sudden who could play. Unfortunately, Tank Dell is hurt, uh, but he was good, and Nico Collins is good. Like They have dudes who catch the ball. Um, so could you play a quarterback right away and have him succeed? Sometimes we act like that's impossible. Uh, let me get back to some comments here, though. This one just deserves being put on the screen for the effort from uh, Bland Toast. says, Dobbs' uh, play against the Bears was Apolloing, like Apollo 13. Uh, they would be lunatics to bench him. <laughs> Only worth mulling over the decision. If you want to see your rookie, he can play for the long haul, H-A-L-L. I don't know uh, why you did that, but you did a great job there. Uh, Jason says KOC needs to blame himself more than Dobbs for that Bears game. I agree with that coming out of the game. Uh, I just, after watching the tape back himself and his receivers, that was the first time this year. I mean, Hawkinson had some drops early in the year. This was the first time this year. I was like, they were not good at receiver or offensive line in that game. Uh, KOC's game plan was still for Kirk. I agree with that. Dobbs in the pocket throwing 40 times is not a winning game plan. I agree with that. Uh, Dobbs needs to be on the move to be good. Everything there, Jason, I am hundred percent with you. So yeah, I, I am. I know I understand my level of waffling when it comes to whether they would bring back Kirk, but every time I get to that edge of saying like, Oh yeah, I think they will. I keep coming back to, but why would they extend him if they didn't already? Like not a whole lot actually changed. They were four and four. So it's not, it's yeah. not like they, it's not like they were, sometimes we act like they were eight. No, when, when if he's yeah. playing well, but it's not like they were just killing it. So I don't know, you know, maybe if they had had this, this caliber of defense all year, it would have been different. Uh, Jim says I'm over wanting to win, hoping for good games and losing by one score over the last five games over just sneaking into the playoffs. Even if we can't get our quarterback, we need studs at other positions too. How do you feel about that as a as a very creative stance by Jim? I, I actually like the, the the cleverness of here's what I want. I want them to not look terrible, but also still lose by one score <laughs> so we can draft someone higher. That that right there is a Minnesota Vikings fan response. So basically finish six and eleven, but still possibly have like a positive point differential or something like that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they lose the last five games all by one point. Then I think they would be uh that would actually happen. But um yeah, I mean there there are other there are other needs on the team. I mean, like we we've talked about, you know, maybe a uh another player on the defensive front that can apply some pressure from the interior might help bolster this defense a little bit too. Um, you know, you're going to lose, you're probably going to lose KJ Osborne in, in uh free agency. So you might want to think about, you can never, I don't care who the quarterback is. You can never have enough weapons, right? I mean, cause you know, who knows guys get hurt. We saw Justin Jefferson get hurt and would have been nice to have, you know, another um, receiver in the mix the last uh, couple of weeks too. So there are other needs, but um, I don't know. It's tricky. 
Uh, Blake says Dobbs hasn't been confirmed as the starter this week. This conversation could very well be outdated. Well, that happens in football all the time. Um, it could, it, Hey, if the Packers lose 48 to nothing next week, then all of our praise for Jordan love will be uh, outdated as well. So, uh, but I, I would say this, that I would be completely shocked if it's not Josh Dobbs at this point. And I think there was one report from Diana Rossini that said, uh, that that's the, the direction that they're leaning or, or something. But I just, just that's my feeling is there's no real justification for Nick Mullins to play. So I, I, I think that it, just, just judging off the way Kevin O'Connell has sent, sent his messages in his own uh, passive aggressive way through the media, as opposed to direct like Mike Zimmer, I think Josh Dobbs is starting. I'm not too concerned about this. Plus we spent most of the time talking about Jaden Daniels anyway. Uh, Blake also says, I think KOC loves the Stafford cousin style quarterback more than Lamar. Has he had a chance to have that though, is the question because he was in Washington. He had Kirk and then Alex Smith briefly. And then it was, uh, he had Josh Johnson for a minute and Mark Sanchez. And then he went to LA. It was the offensive coordinator there and had Stafford and now cousins. I mean, really, he just has to, he has to believe in the guy. And there also was reports last year that they made phone calls to see if they could trade up for Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young. And they obviously were rebuffed because they had no draft capital and they were drafting way too late. So I don't know if that, I don't know if he's like anti running quarterback. Kevin O'Connell in college was a prolific running quarterback himself. Yep. I believe I could be wrong. I think when he retired or not retired <laughs> when he finished college, I guess guys have to retire now because they're like 26 years old. But um, in college, when he was done with college, he, he was like one of the best running quarterbacks for yardage uh, in college history or something. I mean, I, I swear there was some stat like that. The man ran like a four, six. I don't think he's anti running quarterback um, or he'd be anti himself. So is that right with the stat? So I just brought up his Wikipedia page and the section where it talks about his college career at San Diego State says that SDSU, where he was a four-year team captain, he started 21 games, the sixth most among SDSU quarterbacks and ranked first in school history in career rushing yards and second in career rushing rushing touchdowns among quarterbacks. In 2007, he led the team in rushing yards. So... I'm just saying, I don't, yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I don't think he's anti anti running quarterback. I think it's just who he's been paired with. Uh, Chuck, nice to see you, Chuck, our yeah. uh, Paralympic medalist, Chuck Aoki. What is up? Um, that's got to be coming up soon. Chuck's got to be getting ready. What are you doing watching live streams, Chuck? You got to be grinding. What are you doing, man? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Chuck says, uh, I might get called nuts, but I'm still not completely out on Dobbs. He genuinely played well versus New Orleans. Kirk had his share of random atrocious games. Uh, you, Chuck, you bring up Atlanta a couple of years ago. You really don't have to go back that far for random Kirk atrocious games. How about, I mean, even like this year, twice? Carolina. So, Carolina, he was awful in Carolina. And I, I think that Kevin O'Connell's offense is – sort of built for that, not built for being atrocious, but built for having these like great games and terrible games because the farther that you send the receivers down the field, the more variance there's going to be just like <laughs> Chuck, this scolder never sleeps. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. I'm glad you're able to tune in. Uh, go, I don't know, go pump some iron or something. So you're ready. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the farther you send the receivers down the field, 
the more chance there is for variance and hitting big plays, but also turning the ball over. And we saw this from Kirk. We saw interceptions from Kirk last season. He was one of the tops in the league in picks and we saw strip sacks. And I mean, O'Connell asks the quarterback to hang in the pocket for a long time in his system. And Stafford Stafford is amazing at it. And so is cousins. It's just hanging in, hanging in, hanging in the last second, the ball comes out and they get blasted, but that's the system. And if you ask Dobbs to do that too much, it's going to get blasted and fumble or throw it to the other team. That's where I think there needs to be the adjustment with Josh Dobbs, get the ball out quick. He's a good quick passer. But if you're asking him to go too much down the field, I think you need to just do that during kind of like the bootlegs um, and not too much, but to, to Chuck's point, is that, is that fair though, Manny to say like, because we spent this whole time talking about like whether Michael Penix would be good for them. Is it fair to just say, Hey, 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 let's not, let's not go crazy here. Let's see if there's something here with Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I think that's incredibly fair. I mean, look, he's played well at times since he's been here and he had one awful game last week. Um, and ultimately, we haven't seen him with this offense at full strength yet. We haven't seen him with Justin Jefferson yet. Um, and now that he's been with the team a little bit longer than, you know, uh, since, you know, since he got here, now you're going to get that back, presumably, this Sunday against the Raiders. So to me, I'm not ready to just completely write him off and say this is over and he's he's awful. You know, I, I want to see what he looks like with Justin Jefferson as you know, the first option, the first, second, and third, and fourth, and fifth option in a, in a passing game. Um, I'm kidding. But yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see what that looks like because you put Justin Jefferson back on the field, he instantly makes things easier for everybody else. He makes things easier for TJ Hawkinson. He makes things easier for Jordan Addison. He makes things easier for the offensive line. He's that good. And he makes things easier for whoever the quarterback is if he's out there. So I want to see that um, and and see, you know, how that looks against the Raiders and how it looks the following week against Cincinnati. And then we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Ultimately, do I think that Dobbs is, you know, should they be signing him to like a five-year contract in the offseason? No, I don't think anybody really thinks that at this point, unless he goes on some miraculous run to the Super Bowl, which I don't think is going to happen. So yeah, I think you just see how this goes, see how see how he looks with a full with a full cupboard of um, of options in the passing attack, and and you kind of go from there. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about prize picks this year. But if you've missed it, here's how it works. You go to prizepicks.com, and it is simple. You pick either more or less between two and six player stat projections. And that's it. Now you're playing. So if it's X number of yards for a quarterback, you just decide, are they going to throw for more or less than that number of yards? But it works with lots of different options, receiving yards, touchdowns, even field goals, all sorts of sports as well. Prizepicks.com slash purple. Go there. Use the code purple for the first deposit match up to $100. One of the reasons I like prize picks, it is very simple to use. You see how we do it on the show real quick and easy and then we talk about our picks and also not expensive either you can turn ten dollars into 250 by nailing just a couple of picks so go to prizepicks.com purple the code purple daily fantasy sports made easy with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, just uh, before we get to the one last thing we had uh, scheduled to talk about that I thought was going to take up more time, but this has actually turned out to be a fun conversation about whether we should be talking about Dobbs or or draft picks. Um, you want to talk about the bears or the boat? Was it, what was that? Was that uh, Mike Tice who said that you guys want to talk about the bears or the boat (laughs) after a, after a very memorable incident? (laughs) Uh, well anyway, but I have to remind you all that, uh, I'm headed to Vegas this week. So if you're looking for your sort of last second planning, you could come join me in Las Vegas. I will be at Circa Las Vegas for the weekend. Uh, I'll be doing the podcast there on Friday. Murph and I are going to get together on Saturday. So you can find me outside there at Stadium Swim. Very cool, gigantic TV. I think we're going to have, what, Army-Navy? Is that on Saturday? Army-Navy? So imagine Army-Navy on a screen that's as big as a football field. That's what I'm going to be doing on Saturday And uh, that's if you haven't seen it before, you should Google stadium swim to see what this looks like. They got heated pools. So even if it's not that hot out, you could still go out there and swim. Uh, And we're having a party at Circa on Friday night, drink specials, ticket giveaway. um, But you have to RSVP for the party. So a few people have asked about this. Not hard. Just go to CircaLasVegas.com, C-I-R-C-A. And where it says sportsbook. There's a, a place where it says huddle up at overhang because it's the overhang bar inside of Circa. Go there and uh, you can RSVP for the party. Um, it is also on Fremont Street if you've ever been there. It's very cool. So if you're looking for a way to get away, CircaLasVegas.com and uh, I will see you there. All right, last thing. You know what's really funny about all this discussion? The Vikings are in a playoff spot right now. Like they're not out of the playoffs yet. So uh, that's that's what a bad loss to Chicago can do for everybody's morale. I want to look at the playoffs right now, Manny. If the playoffs started today using the ESPN playoff machine, and let's talk about the matchups. Let's just talk about what this looks like at this moment and uh, who we think would win, what, what we like about the matchups, starting with the three-seed Detroit versus the six-seed Minnesota Vikings. How would you feel about that? I mean, if that happens... That to me is a chance to win. If you if you hang around in the six seed, that means you won some games down the stretch. And I just don't look at Detroit and see impenetrable. I look at San Francisco and like, oh man, Brock yeah. Purdy's going to have to have both of his arms get messed up if they're going to lose, uh, you know, in the playoffs to the Vikings. But uh, a Detroit matchup is by far the most favorable to going to San Francisco or going to Philly or going to Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Detroit is really good, and they have been, you know, there was a lot of hype going, you know, surrounding them this season. I think a lot of people were kind of picking them to win the division and saying, hey, Detroit's going to take this next step. And they've proven to be, you know, just that. They've been very good this year. But like you said, I don't think that they're completely unbeatable. We just saw the Packers go in and beat them on Thanksgiving Day. Um, And so... You know, I do think that it's possible for the Vikings to go into Detroit and and win a playoff game. And if this does play out this way, they'd be 
playing Detroit at Ford Field two consecutive weeks, essentially, because they play them in there on uh, on week 18 as well. Um, but it's it's a division, it's a division opponent. The two teams would know each other really well at that point, because it would have been the third time that they played in what four weeks at that point. So um, you know, Detroit has a lot of really talented players. I don't think that their defense is great, which I think means that you can move the ball on them a little bit. If you take care of the ball and don't turn it over, you're not giving extra possessions to Jared Goff in that offense to to make plays. Um, and I think you're, you'll have an opportunity. And there's also kind of that, you know, for as good as Detroit has been this year, they're kind of entering uncharted territory as far as the franchise is concerned. They haven't, when's the last time the Lions, I mean, forget about, you know, making the playoffs that much. They haven't done that in the last 30 years, but, you know, they haven't had a home playoff game, I think, what, since 90, was it 93? I think it was the last time they played a home playoff game. Definitely early 90s, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of wonder, like, the lights will be even brighter, and you got to kind of wonder, like, okay, this team that has all this hype, they've lived up to it, but is is the, is are the bright lights going to be a little bit too much for them? Are they just not quite ready yet to be that team that makes some noise in the postseason? You just you just never know. And if the Vikings get that matchup, if they're playing well, I think late in the season, I think they got a decent shot. But if you ask me to pick pick that game, I would probably still pick the Lions with all of that. Said. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and Detroit will be absolutely favored unless the Vikings beat them both times or something. And and who knows what the scenarios could look like. What a scheduling quirk that would be though. If they play the same team three times in four weeks, I don't know. Someone's going to have to tell me if that's ever happened. It doesn't seem plausible that that's happened because usually, I mean, I know that teams have played back to back weeks. It happened with the Joe Webb situation. Uh, it also happened a uh, Buffalo in, I think 98 was playing Miami. They played them in the last week of the season and then played them again in the playoffs. The Rams uh, so and Saints had that too in 2000. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does happen. Uh but not usually 3 times in 4 weeks. The one thing is if there's pressure on Jared Goff, you always have a chance. And that's why it's so hard for people to ever look at Goff and say he's an elite quarterback. Even though his offenses are always elite, there's those games like Thanksgiving where uh, you know, the offensive line for them wasn't that good. And then all of a sudden he's under pressure and it's just over if he's under pressure. So you always feel like you have a chance. It's not like, oh man, we're playing big Ben. And no matter how many times we try to sack him, the dude's just going to throw touchdowns. Like it's, it's very different than that. So uh, that one is, is by far the most favorable matchup for the Vikings. Atlanta and Dallas would be the four and the five, uh, <laughs> which I think, that is now look, I defend Mike McCarthy more than almost anybody else. And look, here we are again with Dallas putting up big numbers on offense and everything else. And I think they're, they are right in the mix for the top three team, but wouldn't it be the most Mike McCarthy playoffs thing to just somehow lose to Atlanta, Atlanta making the playoffs also is just so bad. Like, come on, really? It is. And it's just like making the playoffs with, cause I think they've gone back to Desmond Ritter now. Right. I think mean, he, yes, he played. Yes. He played yesterday against the Jets. <laughs> sure, like, he sure did. It's just, yeah, he, he he was in uniform and he he was on the field. I don't know how how much that really means, but um, yeah, I I that would be it would be the most Mike McCarthy 
and Dallas Cowboy thing of all time to just like lay an egg in Atlanta against a hapless uh, Falcons team in the playoffs. But I think, I think the Cowboys would be too good. I think there's just too much firepower on offense and uh, Atlanta's defense isn't great. They've got some nice players, but it's not a great unit. And Arthur Smith is still coaching them and he's kind of an idiot. So I, I would still uh, say Dallas would probably win that pretty handily. Yeah, I, I I mean, it's always hard because if uh, Desmond Ritter is your quarterback, then your coach looks bad. But I also don't really think a lot of his coaching. Uh, the funniest possible outcome would be that the Cowboys are up by six points at the end of the game. They're all set. They've won the game. And in victory formation, Dak fumbles because uh, McCarthy has told them to go out of the shotgun in victory formation. It goes over his head. Atlanta picks it up, runs it for a touchdown, wins the game because their kicker is amazing. He wins the game on this uh, final kick. That would be that would be exactly it. Um, San Francisco and Green Bay could be actually quite a, a slugfest, but San Francisco just looks so much stronger than everybody else. The Vikings certainly played them at the right time when they didn't have Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. But if they are at 100%, the way Brock Purdy is playing for them, I just don't see any way Green Bay goes out to San Francisco and beats them. That would be a fun matchup, though, I think. I mean, because Green Bay's defense is improved and Jordan Love is playing well, so it kind of put the Jordan Love hype to the test if that were the matchup. But I, I just, man, San Francisco is just such a monster. And it would be like what feels like the 50th time that the 49ers and Packers have played each other in the playoffs. Uh, it's happened so many times. And, you know, the last handful of times the Niners have just had their number, even when Aaron Rodgers was at the peak of his powers. Um, yeah, the, the Niners, I think the Niners are going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have said that two or three weeks ago. I probably would have had Philly still kind of as the front runner, but the Niners are fully healthy and they just look unstoppable and they look like they could go on the road. If they have to go on the road in Philadelphia in the NFC title game and and do it again, they, they well equipped to do it. So I don't think the Packers, as much as, you know, we as Vikings fans want to root against them, it's been a pretty impressive way for them to kind of rebound from being two and five and to get back into the conversation. Cause after that Vikings game, I mean, we were all writing them off. Like, yeah, this is a bad team. Jordan love might not even be the the future quarterback for this team. Where are they going? They're going in a bad direction. They turned it around. So you got to give them a lot of credit, but there's just not enough there um, on their part. San Francisco, I think would just be way too good. I think so too. On the AFC side right now, the playoff picture is just, I don't, it's not what it's going to look like. Uh, and right now it's horrible, but I don't think it will be right now. Pittsburgh is in a playoff spot and so is Indianapolis. But if you replace them with Buffalo and Houston, this could be an incredible bracket. Uh, also Cleveland is in it right now, which I'm not sure they're going to stay in that either. So it's like the, the teams that aren't in the playoffs at the moment in the AFC, the best teams that aren't in it actually would make this quite a bit better. Uh, I don't know if Denver matters, but at least I think Buffalo and Houston have to be in the playoffs for it to be real. If, if that's, if that doesn't happen, that's going to be kind of sad. Actually, we're going to be like ah, that. Then two teams are, are going to end up, you know, being left out of this somehow by their own doing for Buffalo, especially from losing all those close games. But that's how I think it will end up playing out is having Houston and Buffalo in the playoffs. 
And if you had a matchup in the first round of like Baltimore Buffalo, like that could be like upset special potentially. And maybe even Sean McDermott saving his job in Baltimore uh, that that's up in the air. And if Houston makes the six seed, how about a matchup potentially? And I, and I haven't run this all through the playoff machine. I'm just sort of, but how about any matchup between like Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud or Kansas city, CJ Stroud. I mean that, that has the potential to make for some very compelling football. So uh, anyway, yeah. Any thoughts on the AFC? I just think that it's not, it's not going to be Cleveland. It's not going to be Pittsburgh. One of those teams is going to be out, maybe even Indianapolis. And it's very likely in my mind, Houston and Buffalo. Yeah. Let's, let's hope so. (laughs) Because, you know, a a Jacksonville Houston first round on, on wildcard, it'd probably be the Saturday game, you know, probably be the, like the first Saturday game, you know, because we know how TV does, but shouldn't it be on Thursday night? Don't they have to put it on Thursday night? Like, I know there's no playoff <laughs> game scheduled for Thursday night, but they're just like, oh, actually, Roger Goodell gets to the podium. We are announcing that we've moved Jacksonville, Houston to Thursday night to start the playoffs out of pure tradition that it would be uh, two teams that only appear on Thursday night. Yeah, and and the Texans are just so much fun. You and I were texting back and forth yesterday when Derek Stingley Jr. just made that ridiculous interception of uh of russell wilson yesterday and and you know i i'm glad to see the texans kind of get this get this figured out and get it turned around pretty quickly and see how teams can turn it around pretty quickly when they tank folks we've seen it happen a few times now i mean just saying you know tanking isn't always a bad thing um but the the texans are a lot of fun they've got a lot of really cool young players and cj stroud is just uh fantastic and D'Amico ryan's is really likable guy easy guy to root for um with with his journey and everything so jacksonville houston could be a lot of fun jacksonville or um uh houston and and kansas city like you said if that's the matchup that could be a lot of fun um as well so i don't want to see i love me some mike tomlin i don't want to see pittsburgh in the playoffs that team is just come on they they just lost to the freaking cardinals yesterday like come on that team is not the team is not good. The Browns, if if Deshaun Watson were healthy and playing, the Browns would be more intriguing, I think, obviously. But that team, they got Joe Flacco playing for them now. Like, come on. I don't want to see Joe Flacco in the playoffs anymore. Come on. Like, come on. Joe Flacco popped off his couch and dropped like eight dimes yesterday. It was wild. I was like, what is going on? But I think they're still going to have a tough time uh, winning with him. Plus uh, he's like my age. So he's got to be tired. I'm tired. I mean, imagine how tired he is. I had the bye week and I'm tired. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) that that was, that was darn impressive and weird to see him playing for the uh, Cleveland Browns. That's going to go back. Uh, when we like make funny references about players to each other, be like, remember when Flacco played those couple games for the Browns? Um, <laughs> so, but I, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Indianapolis could. I, Gardner Minshew is coming along there. So, uh, anyway, we will uh, continue to track the least exciting quarterback controversy that I can remember uh, recently, which Josh Dobbs and whether he's going to play. I just, I just think it's going to be Dobbs, and um, yeah. that. More more likely than not, we'll just see Kevin O'Connell come back this week and say, all right, yeah, we're going back to Dobbs, but the leash is short and Nick's ready to go and, you know, Jaron's developing and then he'll say nice things about them for like four minutes straight and then be like, but yeah, it's Dobbs. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And uh, we will know after this week whether it's the playoffs 
or entirely 2024 draft conversation. But I did have fun talking about that this evening with all of you. So thanks for your time, Manny. Now get back to watching Jake Browning, everybody. And we will see you Thursday night, same time, football.